Our mission really is, outside of just financing and installing cool renewable energy technologies, is really to get integrated and working in the communities that we serve. So one of the things we're really excited about the summit is we do a lot of work in vulnerable communities. And one of the good things about our mission is we really get engaged on the ground and help organizations like churches and schools not only understand the investment that they've made in alternative energy, but how does that help in the greater community that they serve? Welcome to Infinite Earth Radio. We believe that in a world of finite natural resources, a smart and sustainable future is only possible by lifting up people and unleashing unlimited human potential. Infinite Earth Radio will not only help you learn from bright, visionary civic leaders who are building smarter, more inclusive and sustainable communities, but you'll discover how you can bring these ideas to your community. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Hancocks and Vernice Miller-Travis. Welcome back to Infinite Earth Radio, where we talk with thought leaders and change agents who are transforming the future by building smarter, more sustainable, and more equitable communities. This is your host, Vernice Miller-Travis. My co-host, Mike Hancox, is off on assignment today. This is the second podcast in our series about the 2016 National Training and Resources Summit to revitalize vulnerable communities, moving communities from surviving to thriving. The overall goal of the summit is to bring together representatives who work in vulnerable communities and those overburdened with environmental challenges with federal, private sector, and philanthropic resources that can assist them in their environmental and community revitalization efforts. To learn more about the summit, go to the summit website at survivingtothrivingsummit.org and sign up for the email updates. That's surviving to thriving summit.org. The website will be available even after the summit is over as a place to access news information and resources. Our guest today is Gilbert Campbell, co-founder and managing partner of Volt Energy. Hello, Gilbert. Uh, Good morning. Gilbert is the co-founder and managing partner of Volt Energy, a renewable energy project development firm that builds, operates, and maintains state-of-the-art solar energy systems for commercial, industrial, government, and educational institutions. Volt Energy is one of the largest minority-owned solar energy development firms that builds, operates, and maintains state-of-the-art solar systems for commercial, industrial, government, and educational institutions. So, Gilbert, we are really, really pleased to be talking to you this morning. You come highly, highly recommended. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm humble and happy to be here. So let's jump into the interview, shall we? Sure. So let's start with you sharing some background on Volt Energy. What is it? When did you launch the company? And what is its mission? Sure. Volt Energy was launched by my business partner, Antonio Francis, and I. We both worked in the private sector for a long time and then worked with a company they manufacture wind turbines and really just had a passion to help businesses reduce their carbon footprint. But also when you look at utility costs, it's usually like the number one highest line item for most companies and organizations outside of payroll. So Volt Energy at its core is a renewable energy firm. And we really focus on innovative finance solutions where bring the capital, taking that out of the equation and invested in companies where we can bring solar with no upfront cost, or it could be electric vehicle charging stations, or it could be a combination of energy storage, where we're helping organizations reduce their energy load, carbon footprint. And our mission really is 
outside of just financing and installing cool renewable energy technologies is really to get integrated and working in the communities that we serve. So one of the things we're really excited about the summit is we do a lot of work in vulnerable communities. And one of the good things about our mission is we really get engaged on the ground and help organizations like churches and schools not only understand the investment that they've made in alternative energy, but how does that help in the, in the greater community that they serve? So at, at Infinite Earth Radio, we focus a lot on questions of economic inequality. Is there, you think, the potential to create economic opportunity in the renewable energy sector? Absolutely. Just last year, the solar industry, excuse me, for example, is growing 12 times faster than the national economy. However, there's room for improvement. When you look at statistics as far as minorities employed in the um, solar industry, and women is a little bit better, but it still has a lot of room for growth, which is right around 20%. So the industry is growing very fast, but when you look at vulnerable communities, the jobs aren't growing as fast as the industry. And then secondarily, when you look at wealth being created renewable energy, it's not it's not equitable in vulnerable communities where you're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs that are scaling up and, and getting wealth as compared to the uh, majority population. So, Gilbert, you're part of the planning committee for US EPA's upcoming 2016 National Training and Resources Summit to revitalize vulnerable communities. Why are you involved in this conference? And as a track leader, how will renewable energy be incorporated into the conference offerings? Sure. Uh, to answer your first question, I'm involved because I'm getting the message to vulnerable communities about the economic opportunities and just overall improving your health conditions with alternative energy. I would like to commend EPA Administrator McCarthy and Mustafa Ali for the great work that they've done. They're framing environmental justice, not just through the lens of health benefits, but also from economic equity. And some of the things that I think that will be exciting for those that are attending the conferences, you will hear from one in particular as a group we partner with called Broccoli City, and they put on very unique concerts around the country in Washington, D.C. and L.A. with artists such as Future and uh, Erica Badu. And they really are getting urban millennials engaged in um, alternative energy and, and clean energy living. So they'll be one of the speakers amongst many others that will be addressing a variety of issues. So it's definitely going to be an exciting summit. There seems to be a great deal of energy, excuse the pun, at present to sign middle class folks up for solar energy, but there does not seem to be an equal focus on providing access to solar power to lower income communities. Is this something that Volt Energy tries to address in its business model? We do. And, and one of the ways that we do it is by showing up. And what I mean that is there's a lot of incentives promoting solar that makes it really helps business owners and, and homeowners being able to reduce their energy costs. And a lot of times in our vulnerable communities, we don't know about it. So when I say we show up, uh, we really get engaged in the community and letting people know here are the benefits. That, that's something that we at our core are really passionate about. But I, I do want to mention that uh, under President Obama's leadership, uh, this is an issue that they're making. That he's outlined steps to address this. Uh, just recently, an initiative was announced probably about three or four months ago, getting more solar, low to moderate income communities. Excellent. So given that and some of the opportunities that are being developed in this administration, do you think energy efficiency could be a strategy to reduce poverty? And does it have the potential to move communities from merely surviving to thriving? Absolutely. And energy efficiency, I, I tell people all the time, even though at Renewable Energy Company, is the most critical thing. Uh, energy efficiency should be done first. If you can reduce your energy load or energy demand, then you can get a smaller renewable energy system and you're more energy efficient across the board. 
So absolutely. I think energy efficiency is definitely the, uh, a, a key component in the, in the whole process. So, Gilbert, why do you think it's important for those who care about economic and environmental inequality to attend the October 25th, 26th National Training Resources Summit to revitalize vulnerable communities? Is there something, you know, something powerful going to go on, you think? Absolutely. I think just a big part of it is, is getting engaged being able to learn from others that have been in the space, uh, some of the successes they've had, and really what is the path going forward. So I definitely think it's a great opportunity for those that are interested. So the next round of questions is our lightning round series of questions. I'm going to ask you the question, and I want you to say the first thing that pops in your head in response, okay? Okay. So if you could implement one change or pick one leverage point that would lead to more energy efficient, more sustainable, and more equitable communities, what would it be? The one change would be statewide renewable energy portfolio standards. And what that means is simply is that each state has uh, consistent standards that requires utility companies to invest. And that helps create a market for solar and wind projects to take place. And then what one action could our listeners take to help build a more energy efficient, equitable and sustainable future? Get engaged, go to the summit, join some organizations, find out what incentives and policies are in your local neighborhood. And finally, if you are successful in the work that you're doing, Gilbert, and Volt Energy is doing, how widespread will solar and alternative energy be 30 years from now? And how widespread will access be for low income and moderate income folks? Sure. I look at it from two perspectives. Domestically, I think it'll just be the norm. And we're starting to see that now where a lot of kids come to school and they see solar on their school. But it's only in certain parts of the country where there's good incentives. So I think, you know, it'll be something where, you know, kids in all 50 states is just the norm. But from a international standpoint, we talk about alternative energy, but in certain places of the world, there is no access to electricity. And you think about it in 2016, that's sad. So I hope our globe has access to electricity and clean electricity. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us today, Gilbert Campbell. And thank you all for listening. We look forward to you joining us next time on Infinite Earth Radio. Infinite Earth Radio is a podcast produced by Skio in association with the Local Government Commission. To learn more about Skio, Infinite Earth Radio guests, or how you can make a difference in your community, visit our website at infiniteearthradio.com. Or join us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Infinite Earth Radio and Twitter by following at Infinite Earth Radio.